You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, what's going on? Welcome into the show. Let's do this. Bill Ryder with you. Happy Thursday. Or as Tom DeCelestino likes to call it, hump day plus one. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. A lot of stuff to get into. Steph Curry called out LeBron James sort of at the ESPYs. Pretty funny moment. And Mike Leach, what, two-time, I think, coach of the year, Mississippi State head coach, the guy that also likes Pirates, called out Diesel in a press conference. How, you ask? We will play that for you in about 20 minutes. James Harden has agreed to a new deal that several people around the NBA think is, how do I say this, its own kind of tampering. We'll get into that story. We've got those NFL odds we promised you yesterday. We're going to do today with Mr. Andrew Bogish. Houston Nutt, longtime college football coach, SEC coach, CBS college football analyst will be on the show in about an hour. We'll do by ourselves. We always do. And there's nothing like memory lane, which, by the way, Cell, is an expression that makes sense. I understand that. You're walking through your memories. You're walking down a lane of things you remember. And the ESPYs last night, which, for the record, I find to subtract from the sum of all human intelligence, mostly, and find to be very, very stupid, do have some beautiful moments. And it recalled for me, and I just tweeted it out over on, on, on the old Twitter machine at SportsWriter, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R, the time that Peyton Manning took a shot at Kevin Durant. This is four years ago, four or five years ago. And Durant's in the building, and he looks so pained, and he looks so frustrated. He has a look on his face that Diesel has sometimes when Bogish goes at him, which is just pure and utter contempt. And it made me smile. And we're going to talk about that later in the show as well. Not the Diesel part. I'm Team Diesel when he's fighting Bogish. I am Team Tommy. Can't tell, but I'm, I'm Team Tommy. But I'm not Team Durant. 855-212-4CBS. You want to call us again, Twitter, Sports Rider, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Some of the news today. Poor Derek Carr. You know, they say nice guys finish last. And I'd love to argue with you that's not true. But Derek Carr is a really nice guy. And everybody, and I mean everybody, Vegas, me, probably you, everyone outside of Las Vegas or Oakland or those few remaining Raiders fans in Los Angeles, think that the Raiders are going to finish last in the AFC West. Every time we have some football person on, we ask them in a crowded AFC West, where all of those teams are good enough to win almost every division outside of the one that they're in, who's the team, if you have to pick one, that's not going to get it done? And people hem and haw, and they're like, oh, that's so difficult, everyone's really good, I just, the Raiders. And they just go straight to the Raiders. There's so much doubt of what the Raiders can do for, for a lot of reasons. And Derek Carr's had enough. That nice guy is tired of being told he's going to finish last. Here's the quote that he gave, brought to you by The Athletic, on a Zoom call during some golf event. It's all very convoluted. See, even when Derek Carr's all mad, it takes a long time to bubble up to the surface because people aren't really paying attention to the Raiders. Here is Derek Carr. And I want you to just try to envision his all mad, his all mad voice. This is me doing it as best I can. You get frustrated when you see other people's names on things and this and that. Carr said, and this and that. He is really going at it, he continued. And you're like, we're here too. We feel like we got better too. I thought we made the playoffs. It doesn't guarantee anything this year, but it does guarantee that we have some good guys. End quote. And on the face of it, I kind of, I understand where, where Derek Carr is coming from. Here's the problem about Derek Carr feeling like his team has been disrespected. Here's the, here's the issue. They're 
not going to be good enough for the AFC West. They're going to be excellent. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to be a tough foe every single week, including against the Chargers and against the Chiefs and against a Broncos team that I think is markedly better. And they certainly, certainly overcame a lot of things last year that are incredibly commendable. It is amazing that they made the playoffs. It really is. Remember, last season you had the John Gruden, and put resign in quotation marks, the way that Cell did in his email this morning, because... Really, Gruden was career assassinated by Roger Goodell and someone in that NFL front office because it was part of those emails that were racist, that were unacceptable, that did deserve, I think, him to go. You can't continue to coach in the NFL when it comes out you've said those sorts of things. But how did they come out? Well, the National Football League was doing an internal investigation of, wait for it, the Washington Commanders, a different person, Dan Snyder, that guy's still in power, and they unearthed. Gruden emails, and they turned them like a radioactive rocket and fired them right at Gruden. And usually, there is some kind of shrapnel effect. There's some kind of contamination when something that vicious is done to a head coach. It should affect the team. And in a much more serious and much more tragic note, but still in a note that had to have made being in that Raiders locker room feel more like a curse than an opportunity, it was last November, not that long ago, that first round, former first round pick, very talented wide receiver Henry Ruggs got in that fatal crash in Vegas, later charged with driving under the influence, going to almost certainly spend a lot of his life in prison as a result. And it's not just the removal of a Mark wide receiver from a football perspective. It's grappling with the sadness and the morality and the awfulness of several lives wasted. The young woman who was killed through no fault of her own, of course, and Henry Ruggs, who had a promising existence. I mean, to be able to be a wide receiver in the National Football League, I mean, that is being touched from above. That, that is a, that's a lifetime lottery ticket, and, and he gave it away. The NFL is investigating currently the Raiders for misconduct in the workplace with numerous executives who have left over the last year. So all of this adds up to a pretty remarkable level of fortitude by a Raiders team that, by the way, Derek Carr became the leader of that team. Normally the phase of a franchise is to a degree the quarterback, but it's on the field. Right, and to a degree representing the team off the field. But Derek Carr, not the head coach, not the owner, not the GM, became the singular voice of the Raiders. Every other voice was fired or received into the background. Owners, GMs, people didn't want to say anything because they were under a spotlight that wasn't positive. And that thrust the quarterback to the forefront, on and off the field. And I, I loved it. I love that Derek Carr was able to be that guy, to put that load on his shoulders, to be exceptional. To be good enough, he's right, to get his team to, what, 10-7 and and make the playoffs, and it was a surprise. It was awesome. It's a really nice story. But this isn't a fairy tale. It's not the land of puppy dogs and rainbows and ice cream cones. It's not even the Espies where Steph Curry can make a a little joke at Grant Williams' expense, and Grant Williams kind of laughs but kind of doesn't, and he can make an expense at LeBron's expense, make a joke at LeBron's expense, and LeBron will pretend it's funny but actually be really upset. But it's all fun and games. This is the National Football League. It's a cutthroat world, and the AFC West is is simply too good. I don't care that Devontae Adams has been added to the team. I know he's an amazing receiver. We had Cell tell us the other day that he's actually the top-rated Madden wide receiver in the game with a 99 score out of 100. I know that he's awesome. I know that he's exceptional. It'll be interesting to see what he can do statistically away from Aaron Rodgers, but adding a singular receiver is not enough. It's just not to make a team a contender. And as good as the Raiders were last year, 
And the fact that they're better, they've added some other people. Chandler Jones is a really important example as an edge rusher. I mean, you've got to be able to go at quarterbacks, especially in the AFC West. The problem for the Raiders isn't that they're not good. The Derek Carr hears disrespect where I hear reality. The problem isn't that the Raiders aren't good. They are good. The problem is that we haven't recognized the Raiders have improved. We, we all recognize the Raiders have improved. Devontae Adams is the, is the keystone of that. There's certainly an interesting possibility, I think it's far from a guarantee, that their new head coach is going to be really, really helpful. Josh McDaniels, formerly of the New England Patriots, multi-time Super Bowl champion as their offensive coordinator, something who Carr has said is a genius, that's what you're supposed to say, they're all pretty innocuous, bland quotes. That's also an addition that, at least for now, we can put in the positive category. The doubt that we have about the Raiders, Derek Carr, and it's not just me, by the way. They're 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this year. Would you like to know what teams are actually ahead of them in terms of Vegas's odds to win the whole thing? I'm going to tell you. The Dolphins have better odds to win the Super Bowl. The Titans have better odds to win the Super Bowl. Arizona, which I know seems like maybe that's obvious, but Arizona, last I checked, still has Kyler Murray, who doesn't know how to play football the last third of the season. Kyler Murray's so interesting. He is... I don't want to get too carried away. Josh Allen for half the season or two-thirds of the season, and then he is Kirk Cousins in big games for an entire third of the season. It's just a bad combo. But Arizona's got better odds. Cleveland's got better odds. And I, I can close my eyes, and I can squint, and I can understand that. Because if you think Deshaun Watson's going to play eight or ten or, or even six games if they can carry him long enough on the field, the guy's obviously a marvel. Philadelphia has better odds to win the whole thing than the Las Vegas Raiders. And why? It's not because Vegas thinks that the Raiders are a worse team than the Dolphins or Philly or the Titans or Cleveland with their question mark. It's because Vegas knows what all of us know. There's an AFC West that is vicious and brutal and going to be a slog to get through. And we've said this again and again and again. This isn't disrespect to Eric Carr. It's reality. You're not good enough. Your team's not good enough because you're in the wrong division. Could the Raiders be surprising? Of course they could. So could the Bears. I'm not going to bet on either of those things because it's highly, highly, highly improbable. The Chiefs, I think, should go without saying. But let's go through it and say it anyway. Patrick Holmes, Patrick is the most talented quarterback in the National Football League. He might be one of the most talented quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. I know Mahomes doesn't have Tyree Kill anymore. I understand the guy is in, what, Miami, where, who now have better odds, I don't think it matters. And at the risk of doing the Patrick Mahomes compared to Tom Brady thing constantly again and again and again, year after year, for the most part, take Randy Moss out of a singular season when they did not win the Super Bowl, by the way, Tom Brady's never had overwhelming talent at the, at the wide receiver position during his time in New England. He's been just fine. Mahomes plus Andy Reid's brilliance plus a pretty complete football team. Remember, Travis Kelsey's still a part of that squad. They're going to be just fine. And I think the Chiefs are going to win that division. But let's say they're not going to. Let's say the Chiefs have a little bit of a fallback. I don't think they will. I think there's going to be so much focus. I think last year they were off kilter a little bit. There was a bit of a hangover from all the drama from the year before. They didn't quite accomplish what they wanted. They've lost Tyreek Hill. It's something to prove. Tyreek Hill has done Chiefs fans a huge favor by continuously calling out that, I wasn't happy there. I didn't get enough targets there. I think the Chiefs are going to be locked in. I think most importantly, Mahomes is going to be locked in. And when that happens, watch out. But let's say it's not the Chiefs. Before I can slide to a Raiders team that's been mediocre at best and has a 
I, I think a head coach is questionable. He could have upside. He certainly has downside. The Broncos traded for a guy that Russell Wilson might be the most underrated quarterback in the NFL this season. Not not historically. But that dude, like, is he a bit of a goofball? Yes. Is he kind of weird when he announces things? He, he's like the coolest dorky dude of all time. He, he really is. Yes. Is he a little bit odd? Sure. Is he a diva? He, he certainly is. And I think most of these quarterbacks are. They just do a better job of disguising it. He's also a, Diesel, help me here. Conservatively, Russell Wilson is a top what all-time quarterback? Eight? By being conservative, 10? Yeah, let's say 10. Top 10 quarterback in the history of the sport who's in great shape, who statistically has still played extremely well the last few years, and who has been part, potentially, I think almost certainly, of carrying a Seattle Seahawks team with no help. And remember, Seattle this year is in tank mode. They have largely, depends where you look, but for the most part, the best odds to be the worst team in the National Football League. And they're clearly not trying. But what is the main point of emphasis on their lack of, of effort. What is the real change or changes, plural, that have happened, that have taken them from, oh, they could be interesting, to they're going to be terrible? Russell Wilson went somewhere else. And that guy's now part of a Broncos team that has an excellent roster, has actual receivers, has a good to great defense. I like the Broncos above the Raiders. I just do. And with all respect to Derek Carr, let's also do the comparison point here. Is Derek Carr in the same ballpark as Patrick Mahomes? No. It's unfair to compare anyone to Patrick Mahomes. Any comparison of Patrick Mahomes in the modern NFL in this upcoming season begins and ends in the range of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers still, maybe Josh Allen. That's kind of for me where maybe Deshaun Watson when he's playing. That's where it stops. Derek Carr's not even better than Russell Wilson today. And we haven't even gotten to a Chargers team yet that's also added a whole bunch of pieces, a whole bunch of parts. James, I think the Chargers are the best argument for who could finish below the Raiders. I also think they have the best argument for who could finish above the Chiefs. I think they have the widest window. Is Herbert the next it quarterback? We think so. We've seen things about Herbert. We've seen his ability, but it's still somewhat, in Vegas terms, betting on the come. You're betting what you think is going to happen rather than what you've seen. I've seen enough from Derek Carr and the other two quarterbacks on the other two teams in Kansas City and in Denver to know and to believe that both the Broncos and the Chiefs are going to be better than the Raiders. They just are. So it comes down to the Chargers, and I think the Chargers are too good, are too talented, have too good of a roster. This isn't disrespect. This isn't, what did Derek Carr say? What, what, what was it? People have their names on this and that. I mean, you guys have your names on stuff, too. We're here, too. Why can't people give us some of the respect we deserve? It's, it's because you're in the wrong division. You're in the wrong division. So let me say it now. Respect and candor simultaneously. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go full Steph Curry here, minus the jokes. Derek Carr, I think you're a top 12 quarterback in the National Football League this year. I think you have a really interesting football team. And you guys showed a lot of moxie last year. Problem with that moxie, Derek, is that you overachieved to get to those 10 wins. And the Chiefs could underachieve drastically and still win 10 games. That's the distance between you and them. You have a coach in Josh McDaniels who's been a head coach before and failed, but often second times can be really successful and has a lot of experience in New England, but all of that success, all of it, every bit, every amount of it, happened under a guy named Tom Brady. That's a question mark. And the fact is, Derek, that it's not a lack of talking about you. It's not a lack of focusing on you. The reason that there's so much attention on what the Raiders aren't going to be is actually a mark of respect. It is considered by many of us, myself included, the AFC West, the best division in football maybe this century. 
And you don't say that if you think any of the teams in that division, including your 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 uh, Raiders, Derek, aren't very good. No, no, we think you're good. We just don't think you're good enough, and neither does anyone else. 855-212-4CBS if you want to give us a call. I um, Look, I have mixed feelings about this next topic because I love when people listen to the show. If you, Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, there's a million choices. you got Netflix, you got soccer, you got baseball, you got, a, you got your life, you got a million things you can be doing. And whether it's on your local affiliate or on the Odyssey app, thank you for, for letting us come into your world, into your car, into your home, into your app, into your earbuds, whatever. Appreciate you. So I always love when people listen, including famous coaches like Mike Leach. But I don't like it when people like Mike Leach, head coach at what Mississippi State, listen to the show and then take shots at D-Cell. We're going to let you hear Leach go at D-Cell, and then we're going to go at Leach next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, welcome back into the show. Happy Thursday. Very special day for D-Cell. D-Cell's got a couple days off next week. So do I. little Monday, Tuesday off. Going to the shore, not the ocean, not the Atlantic, not the beach. If you were to go to a pond that had a little, a little place to swim, would you call that the shore? No, I, I technically, technically, is that the shore? Maybe oh, it is. Not. I'm not smart enough to know these. If you things. go to Lake Michigan and you go to like, I mean, Lake Michigan's huge, right? And you go swimming, are you going to the shore of Lake Michigan? I would say no. I would not call that the shore, even though I'm. It's probably technically the shore. I would just say I'm going to the lake. If you visited me in L.A. and you were, you said to yourself, I want to go in freezing cold water that's cold year-round and makes makes you just feel like you're in Antarctica, let's go in the Pacific. And I said, let's go on down. You would say you were going to the shore on the, on the, on the left coast. Yes, and by the way that you judge me when I say the shore, I, I think I would get you know a lot of weird looks. So I have all these... Weird expressions. So I, I used to say pop all the time when, when I went to college at Missouri, and they're like, no, man, it's soda. It took me a long time to fix. And then I go back home to Iowa, and I'm like, oh, can I have a soda? And people look at me like I'm talking old-timey. I'll take a soda pop, see, from the soda fountain. They look at me like I'm, 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 I'm talking like that. And I highway, interstate, I use them interchangeably, but apparently they're not interchangeable in L.A. People get really – if I say highway, I think, they get really frustrated with me. Hey, did you take the highway? Like, what's a highway? I'm going to get robbed on it. I mean, it's just very – so I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to understand the different uh, expressions. Um, I, have a, I have a new idea for, for a segment on the show. Pretty excited about it. Oh, oh okay. I'm writing do this want, down. Do you want to live program this thing? Well, was doing my reading this morning and uh, stumbled across the New York Times. I read all the newspapers. And uh, they've got this thing they apparently do once a year called I Was Wrong. So Paul Krugman writes, I was wrong about inflation, and someone else writes, I was wrong about Al Franken, and somebody else writes, I was wrong about whatever, serious po- political things. I think we should do a, an I was wrong about segment like every couple months where all of us have to admit something we were wrong on. Like for me, maybe it'll end up being James Harden. He just signed a new deal, two years, uh, less money. He's got a player option next year. The fear is he's actually basically – giving Philly a discount now so they can sign these players that he'll opt out next year. They'll max them out. It's basically cheating the system. But whatever. I have this weird, I'm sure I'm being tricked, optimism about suddenly Harden and the fact he's going to come back in shape and maybe he'll be sort of good. And if he's sort of good, I think with Embiid you can be great. So maybe I was wrong about James Harden. And maybe yours will be, you know, you have to get there, but maybe you'll be like, I was wrong about the lunar landing that actually happened. Next time there's National Lunar Landing Day, I'm going to be there. I'll be part of it. What would Bogus be wrong about? And this could be on anything, right? Uh, you know, I was wrong. The moon landing. 
I mean, that's a good place to start, I think. Trey Lance slash Tom Brady on uh, yeah. any any number of things for me. Sure. I mean, I could come – I'm not going to, but I could come back and say I was wrong on hating on uh, Albert Pujols for getting a little special Albert Pujols time at the All-Star game. Just – I like the idea of, of admitting you were wrong. So you have to – I was wrong about. Now, to be fair, I read one of them by Michelle Goldberg, I think, at the New York Times. I was wrong about Al Franken. I'm interested in that because Al Franken left his Senate seat after accusations by a woman named Leanne Tweeden, who the New Yorker then did a big story on questioning her accuracy. I know Leanne. She was a, a co-host of mine back in the day, so I'm sort of interested in that story. And her thing, I was wrong. Her, she basically wrote, I was wrong, but I wasn't wrong. I was sort of wrong on a technicality, but not really. It's not that. It's like Bogus saying I was wrong to question Tom. The lunar landing was faked. Would be an example of what that would look like. I don't know. You like it? I'm into it. Uh, Yeah, there's plenty of examples for me. I think we would struggle to find them on a regular basis for you and Bogus. Every two – well, I mean, I have to give a take every every day, and I write them down. So I think over two or three months we could find one. Um. All right, so, so, so transitioning, when Andrew comes on, I want his take. I, look, I have mixed feelings on this because Mike Leach is a big name, right? He wrote, he co-wrote, what is it, Swing Your Sword? Was that the name of his autobiography that I never read? But I should, I should be on, on the same page as a guy who likes to pretend he's a pirate because I like, on the show sometimes, pretending I'm a pirate. That's weird. You know, there aren't many guys out there you, you, you share that with. And he's obviously a personality. And he clearly listens to the show. And I, I don't know if in this clip if he actually says your name, D-Cell, but I can tell that he's taking a shot at your lack of television consumption when he just veers straight from talking football to basically calling you out for your lack of Netflix watching. Somebody said I need to watch the Terminal List, which I haven't watched it yet. I guess the Hidden Gem, Operation Odessa, that uh, documentary, you need to watch that. I'm up to date on Better Call Saul. I'm up to date on Yellowstone. The kids got me into Stranger Things, and I'm certainly not ready for this season. I'm about halfway through. I'm not even up to date on Yellowstone, and I gave up on Better Call Saul. Although I think Bogus is, if I remember right, I think Bogus might be a Better Call Saul guy. Does that sound? Whenever he's here, he can tell us. Does that sound right? Oh, he is here. Wait, is he? I, I am here, yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, even know. I just I'm saw not, a background. Are you a Better Call yeah. Saul guy? I mean, I'm not up to date yet. I have not watched um, basically the entire new season or the final season, so I am behind, but I have not given up on it at all. Love Yellowstone, just haven't watched it. But it, I just think, D-Cell, it's pretty clear to me. Mike Leach is an avid listener of the show and was going after you. That is what I heard in that clip. Yeah, when I watched Mike's press conference yesterday, I was pretty frustrated with him, actually, because my reaction yeah. to watching this was, Mike, Mike, please, please, shh, shh, shh. Bill can't hear this. Bill cannot hear this. He it, can't hear all the Netflix shows that you watch that I've never seen one episode of. Is it fair to say that Mike Leach is busier than all of us? Uh, yeah, much busier than me. And he's finding the time. Yeah. Yeah, he makes just, time for TV, and I don't. I just I feel like maybe there there's there's an opportunity for you to lean into this. I mean, if Mike Leach is talking about the net. By the way, Stranger Things is incredible. A little terrifying. Here's a here's a here's a good idea. Don't let your kids watch it because they may or may not have. If one of your kids already has night terrors, they may just enhance that for a couple weeks. You may not sleep for a couple weeks because of your kids' terror. I only let them watch a couple episodes. It was it was a mistake, and I apologize, Henry. If we could just get you to watch one TV show, 
that's not a documentary on the on the moon landing. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, something fun, not something educational. Would you go with strange? Let's just take the Mike Leach list: Stranger Things, Yellowstone, Better Call Saul. I think it's got to be Better Call Saul because I've seen Breaking Bad. I don't think that's the one for you. Actually, I've seen it. I've seen a season and a half. So that's the worst one out of it, out of the no. three. Well, how do I say this, Bogus? What's the what's the? It's slow. Slow build. You like Breaking Bad? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. So I think it's a an artsier Breaking Bad, and Breaking Bad was kind of artsy and highbrow to begin with. So I think this goes to another level. So my suggestion would be uh, Yellowstone. It's nice, easy watching. Yeah, lots of murder. It's just right. There's action. There's yeah. pretty girls. There's horses. There's cussing. There's beer drinking. Why can't like, I watch an artsy show? Why do I need an easy watch? What are you trying we, to say about me? Well, because we you met just, you. Well, right. I mean, you just it's, seem very easily triggered by things. I want you to watch it and enjoy it. So Yellowstone is not going to do any, any of those possible negative things to you. By the way, that's one of, I'm writing it down as one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of Yellowstone. Pretty girls cussing beer and horses. I mean, yes. That's, that's right up and your up alley, until, Diesel. Yeah, and up until the last season or so, it really didn't get that preposterous. It got a little a little unbelievable towards the end of, you know, like this whole last season, the end of the one before. But otherwise, it was just a show about horses and pretty girls and cussing. Oh, you're caught up. I, the last episode I saw is where they took the kid, the the guy that's in, in everything as a bad guy. He's a bad guy in every show. He's a bad guy in Justified. He was one of the brothers, and they went and they get the kid. Right. So I'm, am I one season behind or two? Um... Might be too behind. You might be too behind. I need to watch it because, as you pointed out, pretty girls cussing beer and horses. I mean, and sometimes the pretty girls cuss and drink beer, and it, that's a lot to handle. But you I, can do it, DC. I don't appreciate you guys putting me in a box. I can watch an artsy show. I can appreciate it. It's not going to go over my head. No, that's not my concern. Not over your head. I, I want you to enjoy it and like it and finish it. And Better Call Saul has the ability, because it already turned Bill off. I don't want I, you to I get stopped. three hours yep. in and be like, what am I doing here? If you don't like Friday Night Lights, if you can't... Terrible. Terrible. Okay. <sighs> you sh- it's just such a... It's, such a, it's, a it, it's not a good take. It's not a good take. Having hot flashes. I do think, though, that you're a guy that makes up your mind about things before you have the information, and then you have to prove to yourself that that thing is true. What would make you say that? I've every, never given any indication of that. Every minute we've worked together for the last <laughs> year. I think you. So, which of these shows have you decided that you hate already? Between uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone, let, ba- based the, off of uh, Bogus's description. Then let's watch Stranger Things. You're going to love it. It's great. It's a wonderful show. It's about magic and alternate universes and, and scary powers and. And, and nostalgia and, and the end of innocence, but it clings on to fight evil. It's, it's going to be your thing. That doesn't sound anything like me, but I'm going to watch it because I don't want to be defined in a box. You, you think Better Call Saul sounds like you? <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. It's not. Not All right. really. All right. Uh, Bogus, how's your schedule today? I heard you're, busy, you're a busy, busy man. Are you able to stick around next segment and do NFL odds, or are you, like Costanza, out? Uh, I have somewhere to be... For like a seven-minute window, so I think that complicates NFL odds. Man, but at least we got you to to, to drop down a pretty girl's cussing beer and horses, which I wrote down. Uh, Bogus, I don't know if you saw this. I, I came up with a new segment, basically stealing the New York Times thing they did today, called "I Was Wrong About 
if you were going to have to drop an I was wrong about. For me, I, I said it could be Harden or it could be the Pujols take. I mean, I didn't want to be the one to say it, and I didn't. Cell pointed out he has many options between Trey Lance is better than Tom Brady or the moon landing didn't happen or what are some other – anyway, we don't have to belabor that. Is there mm. one that comes to mind for you if we do a I was wrong about segment? Um, I mean, there there has to be. I don't have a one off the top of my head, but I there's no way I've I can't believe I was right about the Tom Brady forty touchdown thing a couple seasons ago. But I, I there's definitely things I've been wrong about. Give me a second. I love Give this about Bogus. I love this about Bogus detail. <laughs> Bogish. I can't think of anything. Can you give me anything you were wrong of? On well, you, Bogus. You, you you remember that one time said... I perfectly called this? I'm so smart. <laughs> no, my point is I'm yeah. usually wrong. I'm usually wrong. What about and when Le'Veon the, Bell becomes a famous boxer and you didn't want to talk that about him count. whatsoever? No, that doesn't count. Who won that fight? Did we anyone know what happened? Uh, I don't know. Has that, it happened? Yeah, I don't think no it's one happened knows. yet. It doesn't oh, matter. There we go. There we go. Okay, okay, grumpy guy. Let's just let's just let's go back to too. how do we make you smile? Pretty girls, <laughs> cousin, beer, and horses. <laughs> By the way, that also describes one of the one of the female characters. Like that just describes I don't remember her name but the daughter in Yellowstone. Beth. Beth. She she's a whole lot of party. I mean there's a lot going on with Beth. Yeah, but then at one point she has like a, becomes like a terminator where she doesn't die and she should have died and like things are falling off her and she's magically okay. There's all that's when it starts to get a little a little I don't think I've seen, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think I've seen that yet. I don't think I've if Beth decided oh, you to, out of the aliens part yet, you're really behind. If Beth decided to destroy D Cell, like you know how like she's just like I'm gonna destroy this guy. How long would it take her to destroy D Cell? If she came into the real world and Beth is like I'm going to destroy D Cell, thirty one minutes. D Cell would last, would survive longer than you and I. That's true. That's probably true. Yes, one hundred percent. And it wouldn't be long, but it would just be less short than you and I. I think you would love Beth. I think it'd be very special for you. Anyway, Mike Leach, watch your mouth when you talk about D-Cell. It's not cool. Uh, we're going to do NFL odds. We're going to hang out, some NFL talk, after we get a uh, CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Let me ask you this, D-Cell. I think there's a fine line when people, when, when athletes, when celebrities have a moment, right? You're having a moment, and they're everywhere. It obviously can be a tipping point to more fame, more recognition, more opportunity, bigger legacy. But you can also go the way of Amy Schumer. Remember her? Remember that comedian where she had her moment and then she just sort of fizzled out, made the wrong choices? Did a movie with LeBron James, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Which was funny. And Bill Hader, I think, was the, the guy in that. I think you're right. LeBron played a super dorky version of himself. It was very funny. I like Steph Curry a lot. I think he's amazing. I'm here for the Steph Curry is better than insert person debate. And I think it's very clear that he's got a quiet rivalry with LeBron James. I, in fact, I know he does because I've had, I know LeBron has a, a rivalry or had a fear of Steph threatening his legacy years ago. It was very pressing because I think it's a real thing. But yeah, I'm not an Espies guy. I think they're stupid to a degree. I think they're a little self-congratulatory. 
I think they're a little self-absorbed, and I, there's a level of awkwardness. Now, there's really funny moments, and I, I talked about this one at the start of the show several years ago. Peyton Manning made the joke about the Olympic, the women's gymnastics team is here, and they got more medals than anyone else in the history of the sport, and apparently Kevin Durant wants to go play for him now, and everybody laughed because this was back when Durant was going to the Warriors, and Durant, remember this, just looked all angry, just stared at the screen all put out. And then KD, and then uh, Manning goes, well, you know, KD, though, I don't think would even start for them. What do you think, Russ? And then they showed Russ, and he was all mad put out. There are some funny moments. It's very good. Uh, here, uh, yesterday, is one of the jokes that Steph cracked that I actually found kind of funny. I am the second NBA player to host this award show, which is kind of crazy to think about. LeBron James, he hosted the, uh, this award show back in 2007 after losing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> so yes, uh, you guessed it. This, uh, this feels better. This feels better. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, come on. Everyone is, like it? is cackling like it's so funny. Like Steph's a stand-up comedian. It was not that funny. Was it, was it like chuckle? Like, <laughs> sure. It wasn't like belly laugh funny. The best comedians take shots at people. And we know this in part because Chris Rock got punched in the face by Will Smith, right? So now it's even, I can't even joke about people want to punch him in the face. But that's what made Peyton Manning's turn so good. He didn't care. Of course Kevin Durant was all mad. What are you doing? I'm not supposed to be criticized. I'm Kevin Durant. No one criticized me. I'm in a safe space. Ah! Like, it's amazing. Like, oh, look at that guy. I, so, and also, I think I've told, I, I did stand-up comedy one time in Columbia, Missouri. It didn't go well. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. No way. I was no a, way. I was a student writer. I was a writer. I was like an aspiring newspaper writer. And my boss, like, you think you're funny, don't you? I'm like, I am funny. And then he challenged me to go do stand-up comedy and write a story about it. The story I wrote was funny. The headline was a stand-up falls down because it was all (laughs) me writing about how bad I was. I was terrible. I told one funny joke, though, and it it really caught. And, well, like, there were were – the Missouri football team was there, and I made them – they were terrible. They were like – and I made them stand up. It's the only joke that got laughs. I'm like, oh, the Missouri football team's here. You guys, stand up. Stand up. Now, let's give them a round of applause. Everybody's clapping. I go, and they're all standing like basking. And I go, that's the last round of applause these losers are going to get all year. <laughs> Have you seen these bums? They suck. And the whole place goes crazy. And then the football team, like 30 guys from the football team, trying to like confront me and physically confront me yeah, in the hallway yeah. afterwards. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. And some little like 19 year you leave him alone. He was funny. I was like, what is happening? And then Corby Jones, who was like a well-known quarterback, was a part of that whole thing. Because I made fun of him too. He wasn't on the team. He would come back. And then he called me to apologize a week later because he found out I was writing a story about it. Point is, sometimes you got to go after people. That's all I'm saying. Harder to write jokes or harder to deliver the jokes that you've written? I was bad at both. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't good at either, though. So I, what was this in my, was I dating? Oh, I wasn't dating Laura yet. I got lucky because three different girls that I was trying to see or seeing tried to show up to this thing, and it was sold out. Had either of them seen me in this, I would not have ended up dating them, which I did. But the problem was it was sold out. I thought it was like no one was going to be there. They had a real, they had an actual headliner. Me and three other poor suckers were the warm-up act. And this, I don't remember her name, some famous comedian. I'm in the little room. She's like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. As long as you're not first, you'll be fine. Oh, uh, Bill Ryder, you're, you're first. And oh, she no. looked at me and she, no. goes, you're, she goes, you're bleeped. 
<laughs> and I was. I went up there, and that's nothing. Like, like, so I tell these stupid dude. I did like a George verse Bush, George H W Bush, Barbara um, special time imitation that did not go over well. I told it was it was like just silence, and then you suck. Like and it was like five. It was a five minute set, dude. And at the end of this thing, I come down. All the football players throw cups at me. That was super nice. People were literally booing me. This is pre-confrontation. I go up to the, uh, and I can tell the football team's a little mad. And I go up to the bar, and beforehand, all the drinks were free. All the drinks for the comedians were free. And I'm like, can I have a tequila, please? Just, like, wash away. And they're like, sorry, why don't you do your set? It's not free. And this huge dude comes over, like 6'6", tatted up, nose rings. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a Missouri player. He's going to break me in half. And he goes, oh, Saul. You're set. I'm like, oh, hey, okay. He's like, you're not funny at all. But you got balls of steel to go up there, kid. Give him a shot. It was the bouncer. Okay. I thought, it, okay. I thought he was going to, you're not funny at all. But you got balls of steel. Now, did you take that as a compliment? Did you feel yeah. better about yourself after that? I felt better after the three shots at tequila. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, it helped. Um, we were going to do NFL odds, but I just kind of went off the rails here. Actually, you doing stand-up comedy would be a great bit for the show. They have, they have, they have live mic night right by you in, in New York, too. We could tape record some of it and play it. I mean, this is a dedication to the show thing. You have to, it's, are you dedicated to the show? I don't know if people in the audience still throw tomatoes at stand-up comedians, but if they do, that will be a thing. That's how it will go for me. I am not a great public speaker to begin with. And everybody listening to the show knows I'm not funny or a good writer. They listen to buy or sell. They know I'm not a good writer. Have you ever heard of a double negative makes a positive before? It's or mad, it makes bro. a disaster. That never made sense to me. Why would you have a negative, negative, negative? Why do I have to count the negatives? Just do negative or don't do negative. Again, over my head. I don't know. I, I, I think. I think a little stand-up comedy, and you could be like, I'm a radio producer, and you, you you tell jokes about being a radio producer. That nobody else will relate to if they don't work in radio? we got to make them universal. You gotta, I think that's – I mean, I don't, I'm not a comedian. You gotta, that's part of what you're going to have – that's going to be part of your learning curve. Yeah, it's a giant learning curve. It's not going to go well. But that's not a no. Would you be in attendance for this, like I you and fly, Bogish? I will fly in for it. Yes, we will find an open mic night. And I will come in from L.A. for it. I, you know what? I am, I'm talking to our, our big boss. We have many bosses, but Spike Eskin, program director of WFAN. No, because program, he will actually on, make this happen. Let me finish. Program director, director of WFAN, program director of CBS Sports Radio. You and I both agree. Very. He doesn't listen, so like, it's not like he's listening. I'm not kissing this, whatever. Very talented guy. We trust his radio instincts. Like, no nonsense, dude. He, he doesn't BS. I'll ask him if it's a good idea. No, no, no. Yeah. Because Spike Eskin has connections. Like, he can make this happen. Yeah, it would be amazing. It's like it's not just like, hey, Diesel, like, go go find open mic night at so-and-so club. Like, Spike can actually do this. We're gonna, I, I think it's going to be, we got to come up with, like, a stage name for you. Like, Tom, Tommy Laughs. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy Laughs. Really set the bar high. Nobody would like me to begin with as soon as they introduce me. There's a lot of melancholy, sort of sullen comedians that, that kill. Did you ever see, uh, you know, when you're walking down the street and somebody asks you for directions and you just 
That could be what you your entire no, no that can't be my bit. That can't be my thing. You can also steal jokes and just see if they see if they can tell. Oh, I can try that. That take, that will be my first option. Don't take comedians' jokes. Take take um like Peyton Manning's jokes and just use them. Pretend Kevin Durant's there. Sure, I won't be picky. I'll take anybody's jokes. They'll be better than mine. We could also try. We could do a little segment here. We could. We, you could do the jokes on the air. You could go through some. Some some situations where you try it out, you get the reps are key in any public speaking. Just doing it again and again and again and again. I you can't sh- be worse than Steph Curry. Steph Curry wasn't funny. I, that's what I thought. I didn't think he was funny. I thought he was a little awkward, even just being a host, not even trying to to deliver jokes, just being up there on stage. Like I thought he felt awkward. I think he's actually kind of an awkward guy. He's a little awkward. and I think he's nice. I think he's a good guy. He doesn't have natural charisma. He's funny in real life. He's interesting. He's introspective. He's smart. But he's not a natural public speaker. You know, he's kind of got the deep voice and talks kind of slowly. It's just, it doesn't, but you, I think we've, I'm going to put it on the, the action item agenda when I'm talking to Spike tomorrow. But me, but me what? I'm not awkward? I'm not? No. I, what do you, uh, that is a bold-faced lie. No, it's not. You've got a certain um, reticent charm about you that I think would play on a stage in a, in a serious way. You, you, there's, there's sort of a, there's a um, quiet toughness that I think would command the respect of the audience if played properly. I don't think any of that is true. I think you want to see me fail on stage. A reticent charm and quiet toughness that we're going to turn into comedy gold, but I am going to go and record it secretly and play it on the radio, you know, see what happens. And I may or may not use a cricket button after your jokes if they don't go well. But don't worry, it's all going to be fine. Let's talk some college football. This ain't a joke. It's Houston Nut next year on CBS Sports Radio.